0: It's 6 o'clock on Sunday, the 14th of October, 2018, Jumbo Africa. And a very warm welcome to The Weekend View here on SAFM, leading the conversation. I'm Elvis Preston. I'll be your host until 7 o'clock. Top stories in the next hour. President Cyril Ramaphosa has spoken out on the VBS saga, saying those implicated must be held accountable. And the legendary award-winning group, Ladysmith Black Mabasu, has started visiting various high schools in KZN as part of the Black Mabasu Mobile Academy. And at 6.30, yes, at 6.30, we will engage our editors and you, our loyal listeners, to tell us about your top stories of the week that was and the week ahead in the unedited. That's all coming up in this hour, but first, your news at 6 o'clock.
1: The Weekend View with Alvis Preslin, 6 to 7 a.m.
0: Thank you, Risha. Remember, at 6.30, we will engage our editors and you our loyal listeners to tell us about your top stories of the week that was and the week ahead in the unedited. So remember that you can call us on 0891 104 209. We're in a different studio this morning, so remember the last number 209 instead of 208 uh, in the other studio. You can also let me know what's on your mind on the WhatsApp voice note number 0826923909. SMS us on 40. Nine three eight, and uh, that SMS will cost you one rand fifty. You can like us on the Facebook page, the Facebook page, the Weekend View. If you like us there, you become part and parcel of the family. Feel at home. Twitter hashtag The Weekend View. Or at Elvis Presley, you can send it on my timeline, and the long form on the uh, on the email address is E at sabc.co.za. co za. What's the focus this morning? President Cyril Moposa has spoken out on the VBS saga. He was commenting on the Reserve Bank forensic report that found 2 billion rand had been looted from the VBS Mutual Bank. Brian Chivambo, the younger brother of the EFF Deputy President Floyd Chivambo, says it is not fair, though, for the Reserve Bank uh, report to implicate him in looting the VBS Mutual Bank without interviewing him. Chivambo has denied any involvement in the looting of VBS, and that's why we're asking you this question. Does the Reserve Bank report into the VBS Bank heist reveal the real crisis of corporate governance in our country? That's the question we post to you. I'd like to find out what's on your mind. Once again, that number, let me just remind you. It's a different uh, telephone number this morning. 082. 082- uh, I beg your pardon, 891 104 and not 208. 891 104 You can put that into your phone and put it uh, and, and call us a little bit later or during the course of the program. Does the Reserve Bank report into VBS Bank reveal the real crisis of corporate governance in the country? That's the question we pose to you. But right now, time to take a look at your weather forecast. There's a watch. Severe thunderstorms expected over the central northwest and central and western parts of the Free State, the extreme eastern parts of the Northern Cape, as well as the eastern parts of the Eastern Cape. If we look at Pretoria today it will be cloudy at times with isolated showers and thunder showers, your temperatures twelve to nineteen degrees. The expected UVB sunburn index is low. In Johannesburg, cloudy at times with isolated showers and thunder showers, temperatures ten to seventeen. Farinhung will be exactly the same ten to seventeen. Mbombela will be cloudy with isolated showers and thunder showers thirteen to twenty one. Polokwani partly cloudy with isolated showers and thunder showers thirteen to twenty three three. Kang, cloudy at first, otherwise partly cloudy and windy with isolated showers and thunder showers 13 to 26. Freiburg, partly cloudy and windy with isolated showers and thunder showers 12 to 25. Bloomfontaine, partly cloudy and windy with scattered showers and thunder showers 12 to 24. Kimberley will be partly cloudy and windy with scattered showers and thunder showers 12 to 28. Uppington, partly cloudy at first, otherwise fine and windy, 13 to 29. Cape Town, partly cloudy with early morning isolated showers and thundershowers, a fresh northwesterly wind, your temperatures 16 to 20 degrees, the expected UVB sunburn index will be moderate. George cloudy, isolated showers and thunder showers abating in the afternoon. Light north easterly wind becoming moderate southwesterly in the afternoon. 11 to 24. Port Elizabeth partly cloudy with isolated thunder showers in the afternoon. There's a 30% chance of rain. Fresh north easterly to easterly wind becoming southwesterly overnight. 14 to 23. East London partly cloudy and windy with isolated ch- thunder showers. Fresh to strong northeasterly wind, 14 to 22. Durban will be cloudy with isolated showers and thunder showers. A moderate easterly to northeasterly, 15 to 21. The expected UVB sunburn index is moderate. Richards Bay will be cloudy with isolated showers and thunder showers. You'll have a moderate uh, easterly to northeasterly wind, 16 to 22. Peter Maritzburg will be cloudy with isolated showers and thundershowers at 10 to 16 degrees. That's your Weather for Cars brought to you by the South African Weather Service.
2: Here, there and everywhere. SAFM 105.6 FM in Palabora.
0: Staying with our top story this morning, the Hawks says it has assembled a strong, well-resourced team to investigate the looting of funds from the vendor-based VBS Mutual Bank. The Hawks spokesperson says the team will be guided by the National Prosecuting Authority. This follows the release of a report commissioned by the Reserve Bank into the troubled VBS Bank. The report found that around 53 people and entities unjustifiably and illegally received around 2 billion rand between 2015 and 2018. One of those who benefited was the majority shareholder in VBS Vele Investments. reports.
2: The Hawks have assembled a top-notch team to link over 50 individuals to the theft of VBS financial assets, totaling nearly 2 billion rand. Hawk spokesperson Hangwane Mulauzi says the priority crime unit will not rush its investigations. Mulauzi says the latest report commissioned by the Reserve Bank into VBS confirms some of the things that they already know. Uh, names can be, have been planted. We are aware of that. But we have our own criminal investigations that we are dealing with, uh, so uh, it's for, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm at pains not to give out those names of the people because already there are people that we have eyed. So even if we have eyed them, but I'm not at liberty to 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 mention them. The looting of VBS nearly cost thousands of depositors their savings. The bank was established to address the high number of unbanked citizens in the rural area of Venda in Limpopo. VBS is widely used by saving schemes. The majority of customers are mainly the poor and elderly. The bank's failure to meet its daily cash withdrawals prompted National Treasury to issue about three hundred million rent guarantee from the fiscals, the move aimed to protect the poor and vulnerable. The man tasked with leading the forensic investigation into VBS, advocate Terimutau. Say the funds were leaving the bank as soon as they were being deposited. One of the things um, that the report deals with is it looks
1: at various entities and individuals who received monies without just cause. And without just cause means could not find any justification for those monies that were paid. And because of time, among other things, I mean, as, as, as you'd appreciate, investigations do not go on forever because... On the one hand, while you're investigating, on the other hand, there is an active and a concerted effort to dissipate assets. So at some point you need to draw the line in the sand and bring this to a close so that prospects of recovery are maximised.
2: Vele Investments feature among the long list of individuals and companies that have benefited from cash stolen from VBS. The curator of VBS appointed by the Reserve Bank to rescue the mutual bank are in the process of liquidating some of the assets that belong to Vele. Former CEO Robert Mazonga is named in the report as being among the recipients of millions of rent. Mazonga could not deny receiving money, but has maintained that personally he didn't break the law. He received a monthly salary of 500,000 rent, including a once off bonus. When I started
3: working as a COO of Vele in 2016, this is starting from 2016. I was paid three hundred thousand rent per month. And it goes on and it gets increased later when as I go on when into to five hundred thousand which is four hundred thousand plus one hundred thousand for travel allowance, which is in total five hundred thousand. And that amount stays the same. And when I got appointed as a CEO the company could not afford to increase my salary. So they said, we will give you a once-off signing fee bonus, but your salary will stay the same as the COO, although you are the CEO, which everybody, when you are appointed, you expect your salary to be increased. They said, we cannot afford, we will just pay you a once-off fee bonus, which they paid, and that's it, and I continue with my old salary.
2: Mazonga has accused his critics of misrepresenting the forensic report, he says some individuals want him taken down.
3: The, the, the reason is quite simple. It is the jealousy. And that's the reason why people feel that uh, Mazonga has a lot of assets. He might have achieved so much things, but they do not look at where is the background, when did Mazonga start working, where people feel that uh, Madonga is not supposed to have achieved what he has achieved. Therefore, we must see, try to find him to to drag him down because they are even talking about saying he's got a Lamborghini but when you go into the record you find those Lamborghinis those cars were bought in 2002.
2: Meanwhile the Reserve Bank has been accused of sleeping in the job while money was being looted from VBS Mutual Bank. Kosatu and the SACP say the looting could not have taken place over such a long time if the Reserve Bank had been doing its job. The organizations are calling for action to be taken on the structural failure of the prudential system managed by the Reserve Bank. I am Tepo Mungwai in Johannesburg.
0: Meanwhile, some of the more than 100 VBS employees who were given notices of termination of employment on Friday have expressed dissatisfaction with their severance packages. The workers are members of Kusatu Affiliate Union, SASBO. The notices indicate that their employment will end on November the 12th. The Reserve Bank placed VBS under curatorship in March after the mutual bank started experiencing financial difficulties following evidence of widespread looting. Our reporter Rudzani Tsabase has
1: more. A group of VBS employees gathered outside the Toyando branch this morning. They had copies of retrenchment notices. The documents which the SABC News crew has seen... The document which the SABC News crew has seen indicates that the workers will get a one-week salary severance package and half their october salary at the end of the month one of the employees as real madara who was head of the accounts department at vbs for over 16 years has described the packages as an insult to them
4: i've been working at vbs for 16 years as an hod in accounts uh, but the way VBS has handled us is very bad. It's an insult to us as workers. They I have got kids. They have to go to school. I have no money to give them. These months they have told us they're gonna give us the whole salary. But instead, they've given half of what they have said they have given us. They said we have to sign those letters. But what we have to sign is differs from
1: A cleaner nor Passwa, is receiving twenty-one thousand rand package. After working for the bank for 15 years, she has children and grandchildren to support. I'm a breadwinner at home and I have other debts including a loan from the very VBS. I worked for 15 years here and have been given peanuts after working for all these years. The severance package is way too little. I don't know how am I going to survive and feed my family. <laughs> Spokesperson of the curator's office, Louis Brackman, says the total number of workers to be retrenched is 100 and 25 of them retained. She says some of the information about some benefits were sourced from unofficial documents.
4: After having concluded talks
5: with the employees, the curator can confirm that final employment contracts have been signed with 25 employees and that retrenchment packages have been issued to 100 staff members. The implication of the retrenchment is that retrenched staff members will receive a retrenchment package comprising of notice pay, severance pay
4: and accumulated leave.
1: The employees have called on government to intervene to save their jobs at BBS, as some of them are too young to lose jobs. They have not yet signed the retrenchment notices. I'm Ruzan Chivase, Radio News, Toyando. Well, there you have it, retrenchments at
0: VBS. Now, this follows the two billion rand that has been looted from the VBS Mutual Bank. As you also know, Brian Chivombo, the younger brother of the EFF Deputy President Floyd Chivombo, says it is not fair for the Reserve Bank report to implicate him in looting VBS Mutual Bank without interviewing him. Chivombo has denied any involvement in the looting, and that's why we're asking you, does the Reserve Bank reporting to VBS Bank perhaps reveal the real crisis of corporate governance in our country? That's what we're asking you. I'd like to get your thoughts on that number, 0891-104-209. That's the number here in studio. You can also uh, send us a text message, like us on the Facebook page, and follow us on Twitter. But joining us now to speak further on the VBS Bank Report is Theo uh, He's the chairperson or the chairman at uh, P- PKF, business consultancy firm. Uh, And a very good morning to you, Theo, and welcome.
5: Good morning, Alvis. Thank you very much.
0: Now, Mr. Fermac, your company, PKF, is one of the largest mid-tier accounting firms in South Africa, providing multidisciplinary auditing, accounting, and business advisory service. What is your reaction to the large-scale looting and pillaging that the VBS Bank report exposed?
5: Alvis One's reaction can be nothing but just shock and horror, especially in the context of what you've just been talking about. And what's happened to people in South Africa and their livelihood. And it's alarming that such a scale of of what happened at VBS uh, was even possible.
0: Now, we have in recent times seen rife reports of looting, corporate theft, rampant dishonesty, and even fraud here in South Africa. One can just go back to Steinhoff. And it seems like we're going through a governance crisis. Is that your thoughts around this as well?
5: I think it would be hard to argue that there's not perhaps a governance crisis in South Africa. There clearly are fundamental issues that we need to address. And I firmly believe that a lot of that stems from leadership and the example that we set by the leaders in our country at the moment.
0: Now, there seems to be no deterrent to this kind of behavior, despite guidelines uh, like the King 4 report, which needs to happen to improve corporate governance in the country. What do you think then needs to happen next in order to ensure that we do have corporate governments and hold companies, executives accountable?
5: That's a really good point. And I do think that South Africa is is hailed for for King 4 and and, and globally it's considered a, a fantastic corporate governance code. Uh, and, in fact, uh, the, the leader in that field. I do think, though, that one of the issues that we have is that we lack consequences of poor behavior. The the laws, the codes, uh, ethics codes, etc., uh, serve a good purpose uh, in, in, up to a certain point. But after that, you definitely do need consequences for people's behavior uh, when they are fraudulent uh, and are not uh, following their judicial duties.
0: Now... Your background is accounting, and, and that is one profession whose reputation took a serious beating in recent years due to the frequent scandals and irregularities. Uh, one can just name some international companies that's operating here in South Africa. Surely, there are ethics uh, governing this particular profession, isn't there?
5: Obviously, are. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. We are governed by an ethics code. Uh, there's a global code which we use in South Africa, which is supplemented in South Africa. Uh, so you're absolutely right. There, isn't, there is an ethics code. Uh, And that is one of the reasons that it's so alarming to see so many accountants involved uh, in in, in many of these issues.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Should these codes be reviewed or what do you think should happen next in order to uh, keep these people accountable?
5: I don't think it's necessarily a matter of the codes being revealed. I think there's uh, perhaps uh, an issue with enforcement. Um, The codes are are sound in my view. Uh, I think they are robust. Uh, but what we definitely need is enforcement. If I may just add a, a point to that, within the accounting profession, we have members who serve in public practice and we have members outside of public practice, so those who work in companies like BBS Bank. And I think, unfortunately, members in public practice become relatively easy targets because we are such a regulated profession, uh, but not necessarily so accountants operating in other businesses.
0: We, we spoke about it, but I, I, I just want to labor the point. Do you think mm. there's enough punitive measures, though, to ensure that there's sound corporate governance in our country?
5: I think to date there have not been. Uh, I think one of the developments that we are seeing in South Africa is, is greater punitive measures for this kind of behavior. But that certainly is, you're absolutely right, that is one of the problems. Mm-hmm.
0: If you had to put on this cap, if you were given that task of fixing this seeming corporate governance crisis, what would you do and, and where would you start?
5: It almost seems like an impossible task. I, uh, I poison would... challenge, one would add. <laughs> Indeed, thanks for that. Um, I certainly, Elvis, I'm going to take a step back and, and just look at the bigger picture. I think the uh, moral formation and, and where ethics comes from and ethical behavior within individuals, I think the traditional ways of forming moral formation um, are perhaps being eroded. And I'm talking about religion, not any religion, any particular, any religion, uh, I'm talking about the um, home environments. You know, we, we live in an environment where often both people, both parents work. Um, in, in, in schools, we, we don't necessarily focus on that. And I think that we have to really take a big step back uh, and consider, for example, ethics education uh, from school level. Um, more importantly, I do think that it's important that our governance codes have teeth. I think it's important that there are consequences uh, for people's behavior. And I think that transparency and publicity are critical. Uh, and that's interestingly also uh, somewhere where the media comes in. Uh, where I think it's absolutely critical that we keep on asking these questions and don't let them lie when it's old news. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh,
0: companies in South Africa, should, uh, and, and especially international companies operating in South Africa when it comes to auditing and so forth, uh, should, uh, should there be growth, greater scrutiny in relation to the business that they do here in our country?
5: I think potentially, potentially the the, the, the nature of the business uh, that that is takes place in South Africa and that those companies conduct here, um, whether we need greater scrutiny, I don't know. I think what we do need is, um, as I already said, you know, a robust uh, uh, codes. So we need governance. Um, the auditing profession serves a purpose. Unfortunately, we have suffered significant damage because of the matters that you mentioned, uh, but. They are also good stories and and I think there are many people who genuinely do their work uh, and and the auditing profession needs to remain robust um, and we need to do a lot from our side in order to ensure that we gain the public's trust again.
0: I thank you so much for your time and joining us this morning. But by the way, before you go, do do you think that uh, we we, we can cross this uh, very, uh, shall we call it, a bridge over troubled waters uh, in relation to corporate governance?
5: I think we can if we have buy-in from the highest level of government because it really starts at the top. Uh, the tone in South Africa uh, is one of it is possible to get away with anything. And I really do think that we need parties like the ANC, like the AS and really government officials to stand up, take responsibility, speak out uh, and act also against members of their organisations to act fraudulently.
0: Thank you, Theo for a Mark, He's the chairman at PKF, a business consultancy firm, talking to us about the seeming corporate governance crisis here in South Africa following the release of the damning VBS Bank report. And that's why we're asking you that question, a very important one, I might add. I'd like to find it from you. Do you think that the Reserve Bank reporting to VBS Bank revealed the real crisis of corporate governance in our country?
1: Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM.
0: Well, you can let me know what's on your mind, 891 That's the number here in studio. You can also send us an um, SMS message. Uh, you can let me know right now on that number. Uh, tell me what's on your mind. Do you think that the Reserve Bank uh, report into VBS Bank revealed the real crisis of corporate governance in the country? Uh, You can also send us a text message and like us on the Facebook page. I'll take a look at your comments in a short while. But remember, at 6.30 or just after 6.30, we'll engage our editors and you, our loyal listeners, to tell us about your top stories of the week that was and the week ahead in the UN edited um, right now let's just move quickly to a story in parliament the portfolio committee a uh, police portfolio committee has uh, received an interim report from the national police commissioner on how to improve security in parliament now this came after a joint committee of police and, Pol- and public works met with the two departments recently about safety issues on the precinct our parliamentary correspondent mercedes percent tells us more
4: The interim report that the police committee received followed an incident in which a senior manager shot and killed himself at his workstation in one of the parliamentary buildings. This as Parliament decided not to renew his five-year contract with it. Questions have been raised in the police committee on how the men entered the parliamentary precinct with a firearm. Committee Chairperson François Bierkman says they are happy that the South African Police Services has met its deadline to submit the interim report on the security measures taken in the precinct.
5: At that meeting, the two committees resolved
0: that the two departments should provide to the committees within 14 days of a report on steps that they will undertake to ensure that the deficiencies at Parliament are addressed. The Portfolio Committee on Police can confirm that we received an interim report from the National Commissioner dealing with identified deficiencies. The Portfolio Committee on Police welcomes the initiatives taken by the National Commissioner to deal with the security deficiencies at Parliament. We believe they should be proactive and ensure that there's proper management of the security challenges at Parliament.
4: Parliament says the improved police security measures that are seen in the precinct are in line with the constitution and for the institution to conduct its business in a safe environment.
6: Parliament is enjoined by the constitution to facilitate public involvement in the legislative and other processes to conduct its business in an open manner and hold its sittings and those of its committees in public. But of course, the Constitution also says that reasonable measures may be taken to regulate public access to provide for the searching of any person and, where appropriate, the refusal of entry to or the removal of any person. Therefore, the improved security measures are firmly in line with the Constitution and are intended to ensure that a conducive and safe environment is created for Parliament to fulfill its constitutional obligations, to hold its business in a transparent manner save the people and involve them in his business.
4: The chairperson of Trade Union Nehau in Parliament's Tembi Sotembe says preventing incidents such as the recent suicide should be done through addressing labour matters. He says it's as important as ensuring safety in Parliament.
2: We welcome the
4: beefing of security first and foremost because The safety of our members is very important. But also, we are saying beefing up the security must not also overlook
2: other genuine issues affecting the workers. So we must strike the balance, beef up the security for the safety and protection of our members. But at the same time, let's address uh, labor issues affecting
6: our members, which will help us to prevent the incidences uh, like the one that we just
0: came out. And uh, that was Nahau Chairperson in Parliament ending that report by our parliamentary correspondent, Mercedes Percent. A shade after 6.30. Time for your news headlines.
4: Chairperson Gwede Mantashe says a commission may be appointed to investigate the VBS collapse and looting saga. President Cyril Ramaphosa has emphasized the importance of South African business people to invest in the country's economy. And more than 1,000 people from Honduras have begun to walk to the U.S. border, fleeing their country's poverty and high crime rates. Details of these stories and more at 7 (laughs) o'clock.
1: At SAFM Radio and at Elvis Preslin on Twitter.
0: It's now 6.33. As usual, on a Sunday morning, we take a look at your newspapers. And we start off with the uh, Sunday Times this morning. Front page, Shameless. And what does it relate to? Well, beautiful cars and women on the front page there while the elite looted. The poor depositors were left waiting in long queues to get that cash. Guess who we're talking about? VBS. Also on the front page of the Sunday Times, the former president Zuma and his Incandler home loan, now the focus of a police probe all about vbs bank that's the front page of the sunday times the city press continues with the story a front page there vbs cyril new sources allege that a vbs shareholder briefed ramaphosa about looting early last year and even before then informed the central bank and the financial services board it also says that nobody was willing to do anything. Had they responded earlier, these guys would not have looted this much, so states the front page of the city press. Let's move on to the Sunday World. They continue with the front page picture of Floyd Chivambu. Their VBS Floyd Chivambu sees red. Also on the front page, suicide threats in the mix. The minister in love triangle, a deputy minister of telecommunications and postal services, um, as husband allegedly had sex with a youth league leader. That's the front page of the Sunday world. On the Sunday Sun, they are leading with Uzalo loses their captain. He was being greedy, says the insiders there. as that And then also, Toomey's hair gets a thumbs up, front page of the Sunday Sun. The Afrikaans paper, The Bill, they are leading with Pug with a front page picture of him there. He didn't get old. Time Just Flew. That's the front page uh, on the death of Pagbota, who died this week. That's the front page of the report. And if we move, in fact, that's the last paper that we do have for you this morning. And as usual, this time of the morning, it is Your Time to Shine, where we invite you to give us a call to give us your top stories for the week that was and the week ahead, and uh, this is another edition of this week's unedited. Now we started the week with the President Cyril Ramaphosa saying that the appointment of the former Reserve Bank Governor Tito Mboweni as the Finance Minister comes at a critical time for the South African economy. Now, Brian Shivambo, still in this week, the younger brother of the EFF Deputy President Floyd Chivambo, says it is not fair for the Reserve Bank report to implicate him in looting VBS Mutual Bank without interviewing him. Shivambo has denied any involvement in the looting of VBS. Dumashani Shlope, here at the SABC, our political editor, had this to say about his top stories for the week that was and the week ahead. It seems like every day had its own
7: top story of the week, so to speak. Mm. I mean at some point it was the apology of Ntansanen and his you know subsequent resignation and the suddenly the appointment of Titumbo Bowen as the new finance minister, so it came as a big story on its own. And I think whilst you know South African was still digesting that suddenly, boom, there's this VBS, uh, you know, forensic report that came with its own sub-themes. I think the main one is a question of greed, but with the sub-themes of uh, collusion between senior politicians and uh, business persons that cripples the operation of the democratic institutions and leaves the poor much poorer. Mm. Uh, so it was all of that. So whilst we are still mulling over that, suddenly, both, another big story, uh, the passing away of a apartheid from a Foreign Minister Beck W. may his soul rest in peace, which in itself, would bring its own sub-things because it primarily leads people to ask, H- how, do you, how do you relate, or what is the... Heritage reference, you know, to politicians who served in the capacity that he did mm-hmm. uh, of an apartheid government, mm-hmm. uh, and his subsequent, you know, being born again in a way politically. <laughs> so there, there are all of these things, and mm-hmm. and so so the week it like practically only had top stories. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because these events were just too close to one another, most of the issues that could have been dealt with thoroughly in Mm -hmm. each of the stories are left hanging because suddenly we had to rush to. To the new top
0: story. Yes. All right. So let's start off with the, the first story, and that's the big one, of course. ANC Deputy Secretary General Jesse Duarte says that the ANC welcomes the appointment of the new uh, fellow National Executive Committee member, Tito Moweni, as the new finance minister. Now she was addressing the media in Cape Town. he was appointed by the president, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa, with immediate effect after the president accepted Ntlantla resignation. Uh, did it come as a surprise, though, that he resigned? Yes and no. Mm. Uh, yes, it came as a surprise
7: because it's it's it's, it's hardly unheard of in this country. Mm. Uh, you know, for a senior public official to make an apology for wrongdoing and a follow-up with the resignation. But uh, institutionally, it would have been extremely difficult for him to remain in that position because it's an extremely sensitive position mm. out of in fact, sometimes I even think that it's actually even more powerful than the presidency mm. uh, because it's in charge of finances and it manages, um, you know, domestic and global capitalism. So so it, it, it was unlikely that it could remain there. But I think for me, the two interesting things that came up with, the first one is that suddenly society was divided. mm suddenly the issue was not so much that you know uh, he has been to the guptas but that you know it's like the apology suddenly was acceptable mm, mm. because he's in Tlantlanene. so so uh, uh, and even senior people in the media industry you could see how divided they were mm. uh, uh, and for me that was a, it, it's it, it's a difficulty because the the, the primacy of the unhappiness with some of the ministers that have been to the Gupta compound remains that, that they have been there. Suddenly, it was like, okay, he's been there, but he's not captured. Yes. (laughs) 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 So so for me, those nuances, uh, debates, you know, were quite uh, interesting. But here's an interesting thing that we also, another dimension that I found interesting, is that there has been lots of these public apologies. And I'm beginning to question myself, what is the value of this public apologies? Because when people don't act upon them. Mm. I mean, Jackson M. Tembo apologized at some point yes. for drunken driving. Zuma apologized over the Kandla matter mm. and still went on to deny after apologizing <laughs> for the Kandla matter. And then... Before we forget, Jeff Khadebe also apologized at some point for his indiscretion with the young lady. Mm -hmm. And then Malema has apologized Mm -hmm. to Tabombek and to South Africans for, in courts, giving South Africans, you know, Mm -hmm. Zuma. Vavi also apologized. Mm So there's a whole string, you know, <laughs> of apologies. Of apologies. But no action to follow the apology. Uh, uh, precisely. It's mm. like, I'm sorry, but can we just go on as usual? <laughs> so, but in this particular case, mm. he, he apologizes and leaves. But, so I'm not sure whether he resigned out of a personal volition mm-hmm. or because the institution that he headed. Inherently demanded that he is he moves from that particular post.
0: Does this perhaps set a president and what were some of the angles? Because this, this, this story had many legs to it that we found yeah. at the SABC.
7: No, it doesn't set the president, it's one in a million. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not convinced that sooner or later we'll have another apology mm. followed by a resignation. I think the dominant attitude of our Uh, Senior political leadership in this country says, unless I've been to the court of law and gone through a trial and been found guilty by a judge, Mm -hmm. I have done nothing wrong. That's that's the basic attitude, and I don't Mm -hmm. think it's going to change over this. Mm
0: Let's move on to the second story, and and that, of course, is another big story, Uh, the VBS Bank. um, It was found, of course, that uh, there was the biggest heist probably in this country has ever seen. The United Democratic leader, Bantu Olomisa, says that the president, Sula Ramaphosa, should establish a task team, again, to ensure that those implicated in looting the VBS Bank are speedily brought to book. Let me tell you why why some Mm. of these... The
7: inquiries and the commissions of inquiries are bad for democracy, is because in a democratic system like South Africa's, there are institutions that are established to investigate the wrongdoing, prosecute those that are suspected of doing wrong, and a judicial system that's supposed to take a decision and such people are punished. Mm. Now, once you begin to put commissions of inquiry for everything that needs to be established, then you are practically crippling the likes of your law enforcement agencies, your the hawks, for example, that are you no know, investigative unit, your small crimes, commercial crimes agencies, and all of that. So... Practically, what you need is, is not an array of commissions, of inquiries, of task teams. Mm. What 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 you need is institutions of democracy that function efficiently, timeously, and they are responsive mm-hmm. to the mandate that they establish. Mm-hmm. It's there, so you you actually don't need. But f- I think for me, the, the bigger part of it, um, b- besides this criminality issues. Uh, the need for law enforcement agencies to investigate and prosecute and all those kinds of issues. It, it, it tells us that, you know, there's actually a collusion mm. between business people in this country, some business people in this country, and some senior political figures, you know, in position of authority. Mm-hmm. And that together they use state institutions and undermine processes uh, to, to 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 actually enrich themselves mm. and then in the process the institutions of democracy, like local government institutions, find themselves that money without capacity and therefore service delivery you mm-hmm. know suffers so ultimately, the people have no trust in democratic institutions mm-hmm. because those that are in position of authority in the public sector as well as in the private business they, they are actually colluding which brings another element about state capture as well. Mm -hmm. Because whilst everybody else might think that a state capture is the Zuma and the Gupta relationship, this instance where a a bank personnel could collude with with politicians to enrich themselves, it is a state capture. It may not be at a national level. It may operate at a local government sphere. But it is capturing the mm-hmm. the, the working of government for private gain.
0: Mm-hmm. What angles will we still pursue or going to pursue in, in the week to follow with this particular story? Because it's not going to end here.
7: No, it's it's, it's not going to end. Um, part of it, for me, it will be to, to practically illustrate... This element of greed and how it affects the poor. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things that we're considering will be to go to one of the affected municipalities, maybe one of the poorest municipalities in the country, possibly around the Limpopo Free State, and, and they practically demonstrate how the diversion of these resources, public resources for private gain, mm-hmm. have have somehow dug the levels of poverty much deeper within those particular, you know, com- so the, the impact needs to be demonstrated yeah. in a
0: practical way. Fantastic. Let's move on to your last story, and that was the passing of the apartheid year of Foreign Affairs Minister, Peg Boto. The 86-year-old served as the Foreign Affairs Minister in the last years of the apartheid government, and he also served as the Minister of mineral and Energy Affairs under Nelson Mandela. Some said it's a sad loss for South Africa, but some suggest that uh, good riddance. Thoughts? <laughs>
7: Well, it reminds me of when Sfiso, I think it was Sfiso Nkabinde, from the Natal Midlands, passed away. And uh, he was implicated in the hit squads and kz and all of that. And mm. the ANC at the time released a statement that says every loss of a human life is a tragedy. Mm. Personally, I think whenever someone passes away, regardless of the history of that person, our human instinct of sorrow and sympathy and emotions, mm. it kicks in. But interestingly, this is what I found out in, in... I spoke to some historians... Now, one of them tells me that contrary to popular belief that he was the first person uh, to say that he's willing to serve under under a black government, Uh, he was not the first African politician to say that from the National Party. Hmm. Apparently, it was said by someone who was an ambassador to France uh, from the National Party, represented the National Party. Uh-huh. That was the first person who said that. Look, I'm prepared uh, to serve under a black government if it happens. Uh-huh. But what made his annoying to the to the National Party leadership at the time when he said is that he did not say that I'm prepared to serve under a black government if it happens. He said when it happens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it also <laughs> seems that he had sort of a change of heart in the year 2000 when he joined the African National Congress.
7: Look, mm. look he's described as... I, I, I think the danger here is that we, we we tend to be looking into his latter parts mm. of his of, of the apartheid you know, existence mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, post-94.
0: And not the atrocities. The yeah, before yeah that. but mm. because
7: he... I mean, most of the things that happened, I mean... The, the invasion of maputo of gaborone when people were killed in swaziland mm-hmm. he was a foreign affairsman and he defended the apartheid state on that at a, at a global level mm. so perhaps because we know we are more attached to it, the latter part of his years mm-hmm. uh, there is that sense of a humane you know um sympathy but uh, for me the bigger question that historians maybe should take for young historians and the people that deal with issues of heritage mm-hmm. is wh- wh- what should citizens of a democratic South Africa relate mm-hmm. to the heritage of those that were part of the core of the apartheid regime, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, so so in a Af- Af- you might have seen when he passed away on Friday, it took quite a bit for the presidency to release a statement because of that internal confusion or a, mm-hmm. how to relate. I, I'm not sure, for example, if, if the flags are being flown at, <laughs> at half mast, as it will be the case. Mm, you know, yes. under normal circumstances. <laughs> well, interesting story <laughs> and the insta-
0: interesting question that you pose. But let's look at the week ahead.
7: Look, I think the week ahead, it might be dominated by the EFF press conference on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the EFF, you know, on Tuesday, it will do a press conference where it will respond to the issues of the VBS and how there are links uh, Among some of his leadership, particularly Floyd Shivambo and Brian, his brother, and whether some of the money that he got, the brother, it ended up in the pockets of Floyd Chivambo. And I think this becomes a primary issue of concern Mm. uh, among certain people simply because the EFF has in recent years built its brand as a Crime fighters, corruption bastards cor- buster. mm-hmm. and all those kinds of... So, so when one of them begins to be seen as entangled within, you know, what they seem to be fighting against, it becomes a major issue. But I think besides the, the EFF's reaction to that, they, they are more than likely to dish out a whole range of
0: revelations
7: that they might come
0: up That was Dumasani Shlope, our political editor here at the SABC. And that was uh, his top stories for the week that was and the week ahead. It it will be your time to shine in a short while. We're asking you that very important question as well this morning. We want to find out for, from you, uh, following the VBS scandal, does the Reserve Bank report into VBS Bank reveals the real crisis <laughs> crisis rather of corporate governance in the country let me take a look at what you're telling me on the sms line this one from madoda says what i don't understand is why was the bank management the bank auditors and sars had no knowledge when these transactions were happening uh, they must come and account for this looting spree says Madora. george Makosa in port elizabeth says good day no we haven't yet scratched the surface in our rotten corporate covenants. I say because at VBS we are talking about two billion, and around 2013 we were already ar- already around 700 billion bleeding from illicit corporate governance activities. As we speak, we have inquiries and a commission that will eventually prove that corporate governance is in tatters in South Africa. As billions more will surface, I thank you," says George in Makossa. Errol Presley says, yes, it does even. The auditors have been caught up in the wave of corruption. Brian Shavambo is fighting a losing battle against the Reserve Bank, says Errol Presley. These are some of your comments. Uh, We'll uh, come back to some of them in a short while. You can also call us on that number, 891 But right now, a a story that we want to touch on uh, with with the son of Executive Director on the line is Kate Skinner. Very good morning to you, Kate, and welcome. Good morning. Ms. Skinner, the South African National Editors Forum apparently noted that a meeting has been held between the Sunday Times editor, Bongani Sikoko, and the Hawks. Do we know what that meeting was all about?
8: You know, we don't, actually. Um, all, all we know is that it wasn't a meeting where anybody was threatened or where the editor felt intimidated, because we specifically asked that question. Um so and and we, you know and it was reported quite clearly that 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 didn't happen, but the actual details of the meeting, um, unfortunately, at this stage weren't divulged. So so we're still not aware entirely in terms of what what the issues
0: were. Now speculation has arrived that the meeting revealed uh, or revolved rather around the SARS rogue unit. Uh, uh, does this then suggest that the journalist or the paper did not uh, do enough research or per- perhaps interrogation and investigation? into the story and uh, and 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 responded or reported on the facts of the story?
8: Well I mean that is very interesting that you should ask that. But um, I mean we did ask the question, you know, was was this investigation, I mean did the hawks arrive, did they ask questions specifically about the SARS robe unit? And we were told that it wasn't actually about the SARS robe unit. Mm. Um, so we did specifically ask that. Um, I mean, we obviously, as SNF, um, you know, see that sars cov unit story as hugely problematic um, and, you know, as, as definitely, you know, an example of unethical journalism and, you know, um, journalism where, where the sources weren't properly checked. Um, and we definitely think that that, that it was a huge problem. And obviously, you know, those stories had very, very dire implications. But interestingly, um, to come back to your question, it sounded like it wasn't about that actual issue. Um, but as I say, the, the problem is we we don't know what it was about. Mm-hmm. But we certainly asked if it was linked to that, and and the answer we were, we were told was was it it wasn't actually on that issue.
0: Mm-hmm. Is this a concern, perhaps, for Sunef and for journalists uh, uh, that state institutions are visiting them in their offices?
8: Yes. Very much so. Um, so, so that hence, hence our immediate, you know, um, questions and you know the fact that we phoned the Sunday Times as soon as we, we you know, heard that this had happened. Um, you know, we, we we were very anxious because you, you're quite right. I mean, you know, ultimately that's not what you're wanting. You know, you, for freedom of expression and access to information, you know, to happen in a in a kind of free flow sort of movement. Um, you don't want security um, institutions such as the Hawks to be visited the um, Sunday Times. Um, but at least we were told that it wasn't, there were no threats, it wasn't intimidating. But ultimately, you're absolutely right, that that is not a situation that we want to be in, um, not mm. at all.
0: What next now after this?
8: Well, obviously, we, we're going to keep a very, very close eye on this um, and, and on what happens around, around the Sunday Times and, and the issues around the SARS unit, because certainly there's, there's been a huge outcry around it. I mean, that's not to say that the Sunday Times hasn't apologized. I mean, they have apologized again and again about about that, um, you know, the, those stories. Um, but, you know, the thing for SANA says always that we want to uphold ethical journalism, um, you know, and also, the, the, you know, the practice of journalism where you always triangulate everything where you know um if you get something from a particular source you've always got to check that and double check it particularly you know when when it's a story which is so important so so we will constantly put those issues on the table and call on all journalists to to ensure that they follow you know ethical practices
0: Skinner, I thank you so much for your time and joining us. That is Kate Skinner, the of Executive Director on the line. Uh, well, yeah, concern there for journalists being uh, visited by authorities at your office and, of course, journalists in, in general. But the question we posed to you this morning, does the Reserve Bank reporting to VBS reveal the real crisis of corporate governance in this country? Let me take a look at what you're telling me. Uh, Jack Dollar says, always the greatest crime against humanity was the looting of VBS. VBS funds from the most vulnerable. All the loose looters, the assets must be expropriated without any compensation. Says Jack Dofflo. Now, can someone in South Africa explain why are no arrests yet made thus far by the Hawks relating to the VBS corruption scandal? Why should citizens be expected to pay tax? while thugs are allowed to loot from the most vulnerable. So ask Peter Mokwena there. Well, you can do exactly the same and let me know what's on your mind in relation to the Facebook page and the Twitter handle and on that SMS line. But jeez, we've come to the end of our program. Can you believe it? I don't believe it because when I look at the clock, I hear the jingle and I see the time has run out. And that's where we got to end it for today. I thank you so much for all your comments comments on the Facebook page, Twitter handle (laughs) and on the telephone line. From our team, Marumo Kakana and Bontla our technical producer Phineas Ntoba, executive producers Gravani Pillay and Aubrey Suchia. My name is Elvis Preston. We'll see you bright and early, same time, same place, right here in the hot seat next week. Ciao for now. Arrivederci!